didn't he uh he tried music for a while too didn't he didn't he have a bluegrass band <laughs> if he did i would almost want to seek that out Shit, just to... did i make did i make that up in a fever dream <laughs> well Hang on. he did he did like a couple movies with chris christopherson and places like that so maybe in fact that <laughs> i think he has a scene that chris christopherson movie he does like insert himself into a band that's playing and he's playing guitar so he might Oh, dude, yeah, no, he, he has made music. It's called, uh, oh, he's got multiple albums. Oh, Jesus. There's uh, Moch, Mojo Priest by Steven Skull and the Thunderbox. <laughs> there are uh, songs from the Crystal Cave. Very ethereal. Oh, my God, you couldn't make that up, could you? <laughs> no, I really wish I did because, man, that's horrible. You know what's funny is, like, normally if we were having this conversation about anybody else, you, you would be the first one in line, like, getting on the website and ordering a bunch of that. But I can guarantee you're not going to order a single one of those, will you? I can tell you right now, uh, his his CD is $6 on Amazon. I think that's too crazy. Yes, I would agree. Six bucks. Six bucks. Used. You can't even, even new. That's used. Hi, everybody. This is Bridget Nielsen. You're listening to Children of the Adams. <laughs> All right, on this week's show, we head back to the year 1988. We're going to be discussing Action Jackson, starring Carl Weathers, Vanity, and Craig T. Nelson. Uh, to call this one an adrenaline-fueled action romp might be a bit of an understatement. <laughs> and so welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hello. We are back. Again. Woo, yeah. Uh, action Jackson. I see, it was... It's probably the most fun movie we've watched this year for, like, in my opinion, for sure. It was, <laughs> I didn't really know what to expect. Like, given the title and the star itself, like, given Carl Weathers' extensive action movie history, like, I didn't quite know to what heights this movie would take the campiness. And, uh, Jesus, I was very well pleased all around. I agree. I agree. This is, I was looking forward to this when we said we were going to do this. Because I hadn't seen this movie since I was probably, what, 12 years old, maybe, when I saw this first. And I remember just, like, enjoying it then. And So it left a lasting impression. Yeah, well, like anything from the 80s that I watched, I was, I, I go back now and I'm just so scared that it's not going to hold up. And I'm just like, my childhood has died, right? Like, I, I can't right. relive those. This one though, because I was like, I was like, okay, is this gonna do the same thing to me? And then I was like, okay, let's see. But I have to say, you know, just not spoil anything. But I was pleasantly surprised that like this thing was was pretty entertaining, especially for the amount of stars too. Like I hadn't, I was aware of this movie, but I had not. Like this is my first time seeing this movie, so seeing all these faces pop up of like almost everyone in this movie, like who is a a named character you will recognize from something else. Like, it's unbelievable the amount of, like, stars that are in this fucking movie. They're well, if you've everywhere. seen... Yeah, if you've seen any movie produced by Joel Silver, like, right. he pulls yeah. from okay. his rogues gallery of people who just do that. So... 48 got, Hours, Weird 40 Science, hours. Lethal Weapon. Yeah, Lethal Weapon, all the way up to Die Hard and beyond. I mean, just everything there. Even Predator, too, you know, right? So... Yeah. Like, all of these characters, all these people, or at least most of them, have like I think he just called him up and said, "Hey, we're we're shooting a a black exploitation movie. Would you love to star in it?" And I'm just like, right. "Hell yeah!" So. Right, because that's how they initially. Uh, that's how Carl Weathers came up with the idea. Right, they were he was working on Predator, who Joel Silver uh, and Joel Silver produced, and he kind of pitched the idea, and they just went from there. 
that's the story that's out there is that yeah during in between uh, shots and you know screenshots where you know uh, Carl Weathers wasn't on set you know he was out there writing this and like apparently Joel so he said like he started talking to Joel Silver and Joel Silver's a big fan of, of early 70s black exploitation and Carl Weathers mm-hmm. just approached that and said hey I've got an idea for kind of a modern day black exploitation film and okay what right. do you think and he was like apparently he was just enamored with it and said yeah let's do this yeah and it's all the better for it too because I boy it's an amazing movie. Like you could remake this shot for shot today, and it would make hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know. <laughs> it makes that much, but I bet it would. It, I absolutely bet it would. If you played into the camp, okay, don't don't even recast anybody. Like anyone who's still alive from this cast, put them right back in this fucking movie and film it tomorrow. Just have cameos. They, no, I mean, re- I mean, get Carl Weathers oh. back as Axel Jackson, just redo the whole fucking thing. Like, you know what I mean? Well, he's a little busy it, with Mandalorian. It, it is that, it's that over-the-top ridiculous. I was smiling fucking the entire movie. I didn't stop grinning once. It, it, it entertained. And frame to frame. Was this the first time you'd ever seen this movie? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm happy for you then, because that, that's great. Yeah. It was so good. I'm glad I recommended it then, because that, yeah, this is, it's so well done for, for a, yeah. a cheap... 80s action because really this is this is like one of those films that you, you kind of want to call it just kind of a ripoff of everything that came before right the Stallones and Schwarzenegger movies that we all watched in the early and mid 80s you know this is coming at the tail end of that in 88 you know we're, right. we're getting into a new like if, generation if you've seen the the rogue cop who doesn't play by the rules movie like you know the you know you, you know you know the type of film this is yeah i mean we we've already seen this in lethal weapon you know i i'm sure that we saw uh even schwarzenegger in red heat with jim belushi uh you know there there was a lot of this cop like buddy cop films kind of things but you know beverly hills cop even came before that in 84 so we were really building on something there. And I think they just took Cobra 87. Oh, Cobra too. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it was, it was a big thing going on in the eighties and this was kind of on that tail end of that, but they wanted to kind of put a spin on that. You know, like I said, it's kind of a, a black exploitation type of spin on this thing that gives it its own unique charm. Yeah. It's, it's fun too. Like, and they hit all the, all the notes too, like of those movies, like, like the guy from Harlem where there's, you know, there's just over the top action, like the, there's almost like a there's a certain charm to the way Carl Weathers delivers the lines to where if he looked at the camera you wouldn't fault him for it like there's just there's just something about it there's like even like musical cues when certain jokes hit and just like I don't know it's just there's so many things just little things about this movie that just are so well done it just adds an extra layer of amazing to this yeah stuff. so I'll I'll give it this because I there there is some problems I have with this film too and one is the writing the writing is really horrible and we'll we'll get into it as we talk about the film but it's it's because of this cast they have here. I think they're able to take that plate of shit and and really <laughs> mold it into something beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, even, for sure. I, mean, I I think I I enjoy Carl Weathers. I think he's pretty entertaining. I've like like I said, I recently watched him in you know The Mandalorian, and you know I certainly loved him in the Rocky films and everything like that. But in this film, I don't think he has a lot to work with. So he the lines he he gives the one liners are abundantly you know plentiful in this movie but yeah and and, and they're, bad, they're bad but he delivers them like with every ounce of gusto like you would hope your hero of the movie does and they work every single one fucking and works. it also helps that he's also surrounded by a good like cast of colorful characters that are, help sell that right yeah 
Like every, basically, like every goon in this movie, you will recognize as a goon from you know Die Hard, fucking Lethal Weapon. Like it, any of those movies, like you know Brian rattled off a couple of minutes ago. Like you're you're gonna see a lot of faces. Like oh, that guy got punched by John McClane, and that guy got yes. blown up, and you know. Like, They're just I, I think I was saying Die Hard the most. Like, I feel like I saw most of these players in Die Hard, but then I was like, oh. At least uh, in, in the whole, like, in the first opening scene of the movie, which, boy, I have questions about. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many faces. Just in Lethal Weapon alone, uh, you, you have the Riggs' the psychiatrist in Lethal Weapon. You have uh, the, the guy from, uh, who was making the deal with Mr. Joshua. Ross, in yeah. the in, in the rock club. Yeah. And then like, and then the goons come rolling in and they're fresh off the set from Die Hard from fucking busting John McClane's ass. Like it was like, it was so amazing. <laughs> Everywhere I looked, I was like, well, there's a face, there's a face, there's a face. But okay. So in the opening scene here, uh, is it, they don't really explain what exactly is going on. You, we just pick up on the fact that uh, there's two executives and they're working for an auto union. It's obviously supposed to be, uh, if you're familiar with, you know, my my neck of the woods, the, it's supposed to be the UAW, yes. which is, it's gigantic around here. Like, you know what I mean? The auto workers union. And these are two auto workers, uh, auto working union officials, these two, right? Well, and yeah. For yes. so, or are they... Okay. And for some reason that I didn't quite understand, they're murdered by all those ghost ninjas. This, yeah, this is the, this is where I think this script is a little ridiculous. So and th- this is the start of the movie. Yes. Like, and there's no buildup. Like it just goes from black screen to just fucking assassination. It's like, well, what's going on here? Like, yeah, I don't know what's going it is. On. It is one of the things I love about this movie. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of just give you a high overview of what this movie's about. So this, this yeah. movie is about a police officer named Jericho action. Jackson played by Carl Weathers is <laughs> the best fucking name ever yeah. man. Jericho, but he's a God damn, That's a good name. on it's Yeah. Own. He's a troubled cop. You know, he's, he's riding the desk right now because he got in trouble for police brutality. He got demoted from Lieutenant to Sergeant. So he's been riding a desk, but in the meantime, we got a automaker because it's Detroit. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Played by a fantastic Craig T. Nelson in this movie. I can't wait to talk about him more in this one. He plays such an amazing dick, oh, man. man. Jesus, he's so it's good. great. But he plays yeah. an automaker, uh, and but he has greater ambitions than just making cars and being a millionaire. He has political ambitions, so he wants to take control. And this is this is me trying to do the best I can with this script because the script is kind of crazy and the story and the plot is just ridiculous. But if you headed where you, where you, where where I think you're headed, this is the way I understood it. Too. Okay, yeah, he he the way he in fact this is the way he'll later on explain this is yeah he has political <laughs> ambition, uh, so he wants to take over the auto union by killing all of its head members. Or at yes. least all the ones that wouldn't comply with his demands. And he wants to basically insert his own puppet so he can be behind the strings, behind the screen, uh, pulling the strings. And yep. because, yeah, he just basically wants to be the power behind the power. Um, yes. So, yeah, he's going around. He's Because that's where the power is, basically. He wants to be the one controlling, you know, the, the government, basically. But... From behind the shadows. Yeah, so so it turns out that Jericho Jackson has a little tie to Craig T. Nelson, and apparently he beat up uh, Craig T. Nelson, or his character's name is Peter Delaplane, uh, but he beat up his son. That's why he, he lost his stripes or whatever. That's what they call it. And sent him to jail, right? Didn't the kid go to yeah, jail? Yeah, he went to a psychotic, a psycho ward or something like that, because he, he said he ripped his arm off. Is that you know? it? Oh, <laughs> but huh. yeah, so he did that, and that's how Action Jackson gets kind of pulled into this whole plot. 
really kind of nebulously, but yeah, he gets pulled into the plot. Turns out that uh, Carl Weathers is framed for murdering Delaplane's wife. And so Carl Weathers on the run. Delaplane just shot himself. Yeah. And yeah. he meets up with a uh, singer in this one called, her name is Vanity, but her name is played, her character's name is Sydney. And so basically they're on the run. And during this time, Carl Weathers, Action Jackson has to solve the mystery and stop Craig T. Nelson from taking over the world. So that's a, that's a basic right. plot of this film. It's not not too complicated, but man, there's a lot of characters in this thing that we'll get into and and talk about because there's a lot of side things going on in this movie. I just I don't fully understand everything, but let's go. And for a tight ninety six minutes too, they really they, they do a there are a lot of side plots. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> a lot like of, a lot of B stories. But it's there. like you said. So this movie starts off right away with some action. You've got yep. as as you're saying, Ed O'Ross. He's a great actor. I love me. He was in Red Heat, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. So like, so he's a great character. He plays a great villain. But yeah, so he is one of the auto uh, union workers or or heads. Um, and he's with, yeah. I believe, Mary Ellen Trainer, who plays, I think she's his, his secretary. And so they're in there. He's just like dictating some notes to her. And all of a sudden, yeah, the ninja gang. <laughs> who, who basically look just like Huey Lewis and the news. Dude, like I, they, like, every time in, I see I that like, guy. Is that fucking Huey Lewis? Every time. When I saw him first time, when I saw him in Die Hard, I was like, is that Huey Lewis? <laughs> Dude, right? He's just a little bit more sweaty. Just like Huey Lewis. Yes. Man. Yeah. Oh my god! So I'm not fucking believe it. Yeah. So so yeah, but they like have all these guys like they're jumping in and out of uh, you know windows, and then they like just disappear, and you know yeah, and they're not just happening. Like there's like ten guys come crashing through windows, and these two people are screaming like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And there's just vapor. Like these ten guys disappear into this tiny ass room. They're nowhere to be seen for like two minutes straight. I mean, Mary Ellen Trainer's character, like she gets a vicious death. Like she's punched in the face. And just like knock yeah. through a bunch of glass and she's she gone. Gets fucking murdered. Yeah, oh. dude, straight up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then they're chasing, you know, Edel Ross's character around. Yeah. And he gets like a knife through the hand. Like there's he does. There's like like these all these ninjas have like a all have like their own specialty. Like one is a knife thrower, one is like a super karate expert. <laughs> uh the other yeah, the, the Huey Lewis, like he just has a grenade launcher. Oh. Yeah, I think fire was his thing. Like as the movie later on, you'll yeah, like maybe fire. He's the fire yeah, guy. fire and explosives, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and there, I think there's a couple others there that do stuff, but I don't think they can really get their I'm due. Sure. Like the three storms from Big Trouble Little yes, China. Yes, that's got that's that what it is. That's that's a lot like what it is. Yes. <laughs> Except I love you know that movie a lot more than this one. I, I have to say, I I do love that film. That's probably, yeah, that, that's a fair call, but man, this was pretty fucking great. I agree. So yeah, yeah. so they end up blowing Edo Ross through the window. He falls like all the way, right. like a hundred stories down. It's a great special effect, you know? It's like, it's probably oh, a dummy falling, yeah. you know, through this glass window just onto the floor, but it, it looks great as he's like It's brutal on fire. too, man, yeah. like, man, yeah. So yeah, so then, we, then, we're, then we're introduced, uh, get our opening scene of like, oh, this is, like the, I think it's the Pointer Sisters who have the opening song in this thing. I believe you're correct. Yeah, and we're just introduced and saying, oh, yeah, this is clearly Detroit. So I've, I really felt like this was taking something from Beverly Hills Cop here. Because if you remember Beverly Hills you know, Cop. All the establishing shots of, of downtown yeah, Detroit and stuff. Like I guarantee yeah. like a lot of that shit was probably just canned from that film. Leftover B-roll, yep. yeah, for sure. But yeah, and that's that's where we th- we get like we get to the like probably one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie, and it all starts right here because we're introduced to like 
two of the great characters of this film. And they only have minor, minor roles. And that's played by, uh, uh, I think it's uh, Roger Aaron Brown, who plays Officer Lack, and Biff yeah. Tannen himself, Tom Wilson. You know, they have like this awesome rapport you know, in the car, like they're just going back and forth, making fun of each other or said, talking a lot of shit. Yeah. To each other. And then they're just driving yeah. up and they see this, <laughs> this character named Albert who just shows up throughout the film for some odd reason. I, I still haven't figured this out. We're going to have to talk about yeah. this. Yeah. Thank but you. But he, huh? he shows up a numerous time, but we, we meet him and he's just like a, a low level, you know, street thug who just is going to yep. try to rob some lady on the street Yep, he's just a you know standard snatch and run. Yeah, and the cops are like waiting for it to happen. They're like, oh, let's let's let this play out, you know. But I just I love their banter, you know, because it's just fucking great. Because he's like he's like, yeah, this this kid's a real genius, you know. He's got to you know go to college just to reach a level of shit for brains, you know. You're I mean, right. just the shit they say back and forth just makes me laugh. I just yeah, they're pretty. Funny. And I remember that when I first saw this film because I, I knew from that moment on I was like, oh, I'm gonna like this film because I'm I'm yeah. I'm laughing and it's not stupid laughing. It's not Arnold one-liners. This is like really good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so then they finally decide to bust Albert, and when they get him in the car, that's when they start extolling yes. uh, the legend of Action, of Action Jackson. Yes, and they're basically saying like, as soon as we get you here, we're gonna get you down to Sarge's desk and. You know, he's killed a bunch of people and, you know. Yeah, he's he's the just, mutant offspring of of uh, right. Bigfoot or like, yeah, NASA invented him to be the first man to walk on the moon without a spacesuit. Yeah, <laughs> like all, all these legendary things. And the, the kids get more and more scared, like the closer they get to the station house. And then when, when they get to the station house, I don't remember exactly what kicks the melee off, but there's some kind of a ruckus. There's a hooker. Where the kids starts running around. The, is that what Yeah, happens? the hooker kicks uh, one of the, co- or kicks Biff Tannen in the balls. She and Biff in the balls. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because he says something lewd, yes. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. She, she boots him in the nuts. And then during the, the ruckus, the kid actually slams right into Action Jackson's Spills desk. coffee. He spills coffee yeah. on him, right? Yeah. Yep. And then when he sees the name and he looks up and sees Carl Weathers standing there just all beefy in his tiny shirt, he, the kid faints. And that becomes a running gag throughout the entire movie. Like, it doesn't just happen the once. It's like three or four yes, times this kid like, shows up, just sees Carl Weathers. And yeah, fights, just right? keeps showing up. And then we'll, we'll get to it at the end, but he plays kind of a part in the end of this movie, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, he does. But yeah, we'll yeah, get there. But this, yeah. is, this is another part of this film where we, we are building or describing uh, or fleshing out these characters for you, right? So Action Jackson has to go in and talk to his captain, Played by mm. the great Bill Duke, you know this is uh, one yeah. of the first uh, reunions of the Predator film. Because yep. I don't know, we mentioned that yeah, Predator was filmed one year prior. Um, yeah, so, so there's a few members of the Predator cast in this one. And Bill Duke goes on to just espouse like the history of Action Jackson. He's like, yeah, Action Jackson, yeah, you know, you were a track star, you know, in in high school, and you know, you were a uh, law, you have a law degree from Harvard, you know, and all this shit, mm-hmm. which is, it's so ridiculous. Cause I, when I heard that, all I thought of was, uh, Tango and Cash, you know, cause they, they do that kind of th- thing with, uh, Stallone as well, where they're like, yeah, yeah. he's like, he's got this degree from Harvard and all this stuff, but you're, a, you want to be a cop, you know, what is, what is it right. with you? But I was getting a little bit of roadhouse when the doctor had all this NYU transcripts oh, in his medical records. Yes. Jesus. I, that was just I didn't dumb. even I didn't even put that together, but that makes sense. Yes. So the first thing I thought I was like Swayze. Look at that. 
Yeah, yeah. Why do you travel with your medical records? Yeah, and why the fuck is your college transcript in there, dickhead? Yeah, they yes. don't give a shit. But we get that. That's when that's when we learn that. Yeah, Action Jackson tore the arm off of uh, Craig T. Nelson's character's son. And yeah. oh, and they established too, like uh, Action Jackson, like he's a he's a like a legendary athlete, like yes. in the area. Like yeah, he was you know big big yeah. track track star. Um, like everyone says this about it. like they make it a point to hammer home like this guy is almost superhuman with his ability just to be a badass. Yeah, yeah, very like he's like Captain America almost. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, fucking, hey, yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> given the action season of Fullness movie, there's some Captain America level shit. In here. Well, there is. I mean, and just just look at the way he's built in some of those scenes, man. I mean, Carl oh, Weathers dude, is ridiculous. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah, it's, he's it's insane, dude. How fucking rip this guy is oh yeah i mean yeah you'd say what you want about his acting ability um you know but man that guy is physically just a, an impressive specimen yeah it's ridiculous Ooh. yeah absolutely ridiculous so so then after uh, the whole exchange with albert and all that that's when is this when we first get back to uh like to Delaplane and his plot. Yeah, well, this more. is this is the the most nebulous part about this whole film is like because they got to get these two characters right together and get the get the plot rolling. So the captain, right. t- the whole reason he calls Action Jackson into his uh, office, besides to espouse how his whole history is to basically <laughs> tell him like, hey, I can't go to this you know big banquet dinner tonight honoring you know Detroit's Man of the Year or something. Uh, because my right. wife has a card game, so hey, you've got to go in my stead. Oh, and by the <laughs> way, the guy who's getting the award is your arch enemy, who cost you your lieutenant bars and all that kind of stuff. Whose son you ripped the yeah, arm off? Yeah, like of. it makes no sense. Like that's the last guy you would ever send. Right. Or and besides that, why does somebody from the police department have to be there anyway? <laughs> Good fucking question. Who knows? But yeah, uh, it, and then it, it, it's when Ashton Jackson, like when he shows up to the event, like he start, he has like a, a like an exchange with uh, Sharon Stone, like and they're, they're kind of flirting with one another. As it turns out, she is Delaplane's wife because yeah. during his whole speech, Ashton Jackson, like he's wandering around, he doesn't give a fuck what this guy has to say. Delaplane's the man of the year. Well, then he calls up uh, his wife, like you know, and and they have one final exchange, Ashton Jackson and the wife, and you know, like oh, that's his. There's some some fire there between those two. I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah, see, this is where I I just I I really enjoyed Craig T. Nelson because right off the bat, like he just plays a real dick in this film. Like he's like, oh yeah, yeah, Jericho Jackson. I know you. Is, isn't there a a name that goes along with that? And he's like, enthusiasm or esprit de corps. You know, he's he's like really being a, just an intentional dick. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and Carl Weathers like it's action. You know. Ah yes. It's just there are a lot of really good exchanges, like you know the the dialogue is what it is in this yeah. movie. But like you said earlier, the, the what the actors in this film did with the material itself it is a feat. Yeah, like it's a fucking accomplishment, and because it's really it's well yeah. done. And I don't know about you, were you blown away the first time that you saw that that there was Sharon Stone in this film? Yeah, I did not expect her to. Do yeah, this was this is before was she really broke out before Basic Instinct. Uh, yeah, you know, Sliver, all those films that she really became famous for. Yeah, this is this is her start. I think I think the only thing she was really doing before this was a, a Seagal movie. I think Above the Law and Alan Quartermain movies. You know, the Cannon Group. So yeah, she's she's. Oh yeah, because she was uh, yeah she was an Alan Quartermain. Yep, wasn't yeah, she? she played in both the movies that uh, he did. But yeah, 
Oh, in the, what, Total Recall was Total Recall, yes, came afterwards. afterwards. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. where she was really she was on her uptick after this. So maybe this yeah, is the one that really sure. caught some people's eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I was surprised to see her. So it really was. And then okay, so during all this, like uh, you know, Action Jackson, he's trying to solve the crime of why these two uh, people were killed. Right? Yes. Like, is that how? So he ends up on the case. So like he actually gets dragged into it from a, a PI buddy of his who used to be a cop who actually did the legwork for the investigation and just hands it to Axon Jackson, right? And then he's murdered by Huey Lewis in the news. So are you talking about Robert Davi, his character? Yes. Okay. So yeah, he's not a private investigator. Robert Davi is another guy. He's not. I thought he, he was. He works for the union as well. Oh. But he's going on the run because he's seeing that his buddies are being killed. So he's on the run as well. And I can't remember, you know, what happened first. Did the guy on the boat get killed first and then yes. Robert Dobby reaches out to him? Cause yeah, the, the guy on the boat got blown up and then, yeah, then he reached out to actually. Cause that, right? that boat scene, like once again, like there's some vicious so kills in this film. I mean, like Man. they go through and they like, like wipe out all the guys security on the boat, right? They're in the middle of a, yep. of like probably like Lake Michigan, I assume. And, yeah. you know, he think the guy thinks he's secure out there. He's got security around him. He knows people are getting killed. And then, yeah, the, the, the invisible ninjas come in there to kill off all the guys and then knock on the door. And then, <laughs> instead of just shooting the guy, they handcuff a, a box full of C4 <laughs> and yeah, just leave him really there over the to blow up, yep. man. It's just insane. But it, oh, it's vicious though. Like I, I felt for the like, guy. You can't predict it. Like if you would have guessed, like oh, like hey, some people are sneaking this boat and take care of that guy. How do you think they're gonna kill him? It's like well, they're gonna they'll drown him, they'll burn him. You know, maybe they'll you know they'll shoot him something like that. You would never guess suitcase full of C4. Yeah, yeah, but no, they would rather no, no about they that. would rather go with the attention grabbing giant boat exploding. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, fucking a race. Yeah, like nobody's gonna see like those people rowing away on a boat. Yeah, but yeah, they do it. So yeah, yeah, and that's right. And, and it's, it's bright daylight too. It's not at no, night. No, this one was a night. Like this was in the middle of the night. Yet. This one was yes, at night. Was yes. it? Both both of those murders were at night that that occurred uh, of the auto workers. The building one was like the the, the boat wasn't daytime. No, that was at nighttime. God damn. Yeah. And that yeah, but then like you said, that's when Robert Davi's character, another another great character, and I like it because this is also a Goonies reunion because Mary Ellen Trainer was in Goonies, Robert Davi was in in uh, Goonies, lots of lots of character, lots of ties here. Oh yeah, he was one of the Fratelli yep. brothers. And I can't remember Shit, for certain. Was Robert Davi? Did he show up in Lethal Weapon? I don't. He was in Raw Deal. Yeah, he was in Raw Deal. He was in Die Hard. Yeah, maybe he wasn't in Lethal Weapon, but I, I, Predator Two. I know he was in Predator. Oh, II. that's right, he was. He was the he was the police chief. He was. Yes. <laughs> God damn, I know that film really well, more than I should. <laughs> so. I okay, it's I I will I, I'll stand on that hill with you. I I really like Predator. I do too. It's okay. It's I do okay. too. It's a guilty pleasure. It's fine. Yeah, it's but yeah, so Robert Davi reaches out to his good, his old high school buddy. I guess apparently, like they all they ran track together. I think that's that was the link. I think that's why they had to set yeah, up. Yeah, there's only the one high school in Detroit, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. And <laughs> not a huge metropolis. Yeah, exactly. Whatsoever. But yeah, because and Robert yeah. Davi really looks like a track star too. Oh yeah, dude. Everybody holds up <laughs> yes. for sure. But yeah, he shows up. He meets uh he meets uh, or Action Jackson meets uh, Robert Davi at some flea bag hotel. Uh, once right. again, ran by one of another one of his friends. Um, 
He knows everybody. Yeah, I got the guy's name's escaping me, but uh, he always shows up. He was in uh, uh, Iron Eagle, by the way. Um, he was the guy who owned the restaurant, but God, his name is escaping me. The guy with the voice. Yes. Yeah, uh, he's you know the fuck uh, weird science roadhouse like you, yes. you name it like you've seen the guy. Yeah, I can't recall. Yeah, he's a great now. little like character actor. He never really does anything you know up front, but he's always like just in the back and just playing a great role. But. Yeah, and then Robert Dobby, but somehow, some way, this is this is where the movie kind of loses me. Like how we get from point A to point B is because we also set up the character of Vanity as we were talking, or or Sydney played by Vanity. Um, yeah, this is a this is very throwback to all those movies like the movies you're talking about where the where the the big business uh, bad guy has a he's got a doll basically like he he owns a nightclub and you know he's his girl is the singer there and it's very. <laughs> It's very, you know, uh, like evocative of those movies because he's got her, uh, like tied to him basically because he 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 got her addicted to drugs and he carries it around like like heroin and like a little velvet case. Yeah, it's like, like basically like right? yeah. So yeah, she plays a the mistress of Peter Delaplane, but yeah, he, but right. she is a heroin addict, so he always keeps her hooked. Yeah, like the first time we meet right. her, like she's she essentially just gets naked in front of him. And then he's just like laser down. You think they're going to go at it, but instead he's like, Oh, I brought you, you know, what, you know, what is every girl's best friend, you know? And he pulls out this case. Well, it looks like it's a diamond watch or a diamond bracelet or something. No, it's a syringe. Yep. And yep. yeah, he injects her and then just leaves. But yeah, what, what, and this, but this is like, this movie is very weird because it's like so many people in this movie are just blessed with knowledge. Because yeah. Action Jackson goes meets Robert Davi in that flea bag hotel, and then but he says, "Hey, you know, I know this is happening. Blah blah blah. People are getting murdered. You need to go talk to Sydney, Peter Delaplane's uh, mistress. mistress. Like she's gonna have right. some information. But yeah, he's like, you've got to go talk to her. So yes, he goes and talks to her. Well, before he talks to her, though, he actually talks to Sharon. Yes, while. Uh, like you know, yeah. During during their meet at the the Man of the Year Awards or whatever, in their brief exchange, he he plants a bug in her in like two seconds, where she starts to doubt her husband. Like instantly, she's like, maybe he is as trustworthy as I think. So then she overhears uh, another goon from uh, Bruno from uh, Oh my god, uh, uh, a Swamp Thing. Thank yes. you. Yes, Bruno. <laughs> yeah, he was also in. Uh, Dark Man. That's He's right, the, he was. The thugs in Dark Man. Yes. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Another goon from the movie. He's speaking way too loud on, on, a, on a phone right in the You're middle of the You're talking about murder. Just like it's not talking about murder right in the oven. Sharon Stone hears it, uh, and she knows right away, like, shit, I have to get to Action Jackson. And so uh, she meets up with them, and uh, they go to a very nice bar. They have a drink. Albert shows up, faints again. Yes, you know how it goes. once again. Uh, so then... Uh, is this then when we get the cab chase? Yes, scene? this is the this is where you get the perfect movie uh, trailer scene Man. where it's like, so why so do they good. call you action? You know, and and he tosses <laughs> her across the car and then <laughs> proceeds to chase down a cab, a cab. going at least a thirty miles an hour at, at minimum. Oh yeah, yeah, through downtown Detroit, and and then he actually has a standoff with said bad guy in the cab because the bad guy's like, I'm not getting out of the cab. So he just guns it right at Axe and Jackson. 
and Action Jackson wins the day. This is after he's like, holding on to the top of the car driving through town. <laughs> yeah, he gets flung off. He basically he basically shoulder shrugs off every hit like he's fucking Duke Nukem. Nothing affects I'm telling you, whatsoever. Captain America. This is what this yeah. guy is. <laughs> he is. And so it, when he when they're having the face off with the cab, the cab revs his engine, he speeds at Axel Jackson. Axel Jackson just front flips over the cab. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's, and the cab obviously just crashes, you know, in burning flames, and you know, and that's the end of uh, of the bad. Guy. No, he well, gets away. The he, bad guy uh, disappears. Does he get away? Yeah, because he plays a very key role in the end of the movie. Oh shit! That's right. Okay, so then uh, are we back at the police station with Bill Duke, and he's not? He's admonishing Action Jackson, but he's not yelling. Yeah, because he's like, he's like, like yeah, for, you're... for a police captain, Bill Duke is about the most level-headed police captain any we've ever seen. Like he doesn't raise his voice. Once he doesn't have to. He's Bill Duke, man. That's okay. That's fair. That guy scares the that's shit fair. out of me just on TV. He, yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I, the only other movie that besides Predator that I go back to when I really watch him um, is uh, that scene that he's in in Menace to Society, where he's the cop and uh, like he never goes above two levels of volume on that one. He's like, you know, you just fucked up, right? You know, you just yeah. like I love it. Just classic. He's great actor. I like that fight scene where he goes toe to toe with Schwarzenegger. Oh, in Commando. Yeah. Yes. Like, and they, dude, they go to, like, they fight. Like, there's, it's not Schwarzenegger just beating the shit out of this guy in two seconds. They fight. Oh, Commando. We, we've got, we'll, we'll talk about Commando someday. We will definitely get to that movie because <laughs> so I love that movie too. It's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's one for me too. So then after, uh, after he's admonished some more, we catch back up with Sharon Stone. She's at, at, at back, back at the Della Plant compound or whatever, and she confronts Craig T. Nelson about about his misgivings and about his his wrongdoings and all that. And he does he confess to her before she shoots? No, her? he just or does he, he just lie and then he, he just wants her? to know. Hey, did you tell any of this to Action Jackson? And the moment the oh, moment okay. she does, she's like, "Oh yeah, I had to because you were never around," kind of thing. And right. Sure enough, he and then he shoots her, and then blames Action Jackson. Everybody's just like, "Okay, yeah," like no one questions this, it, right? They like, all believe this her. is the nutty part, yeah. Because at the same time, yeah, he's he's going to meet Sydney at her music mm-hmm. club, right? And right. He, he picks her up, like like she's already just like you know bang him, like she is constantly throughout this movie just being like, "Hey, do you want to fuck?" You know? And, yeah. And he's like he's like, like, like word no. for word basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's picking her up because he's like, "Oh yeah, you're you're my end to Delaplane," and then right. Yeah, so Delaplane then has his goons basically just set up Action Jackson by placing Sharon Stone, her body, at his apartment. Yeah, and you're right. right. Like everybody's just like, "Oh, well, obviously he did it." I mean, right? <laughs> nobody, nobody asks a question like, "Yeah, like, is there any evidence that he was even here?" Like, nobody's worried about that right. shit. This is like, no, go find yeah. him and uh, and arrest him. Yeah, yeah, and he happens to drive by his house, and he's like, "Oh, we can't, we can't stop here." Uh, we got to go to your house, uh, Sydney. And once again, you know, I get lost in this. Maybe, maybe I missed something, and maybe you caught it. So they go to they go to Sydney's house. They uh-huh. walk in there, and she once again she's like all ready to go. She's just like, yeah, I want to get some food, and then we can go to bed. And the phone rings, and somehow Action Jackson says, "Don't answer that," and the house blows up with them in it. Yeah, but they make it out just fine. Yeah, but so why was somebody trying to kill Sydney? I don't understand this. Because because she had the rest, like, she had more inside info on Delaplane. Yeah, but this was never set up. From, from Pillow Talk. Like, why did... Well, but that that's just what I assume. Yeah, that's the problem. If you're trying to, like, have to figure this well, out. A- a- after, uh... 
after the the other union official, Robert Davi, after he told Action, like that's the one you want to talk to. It's like okay, she knows something, but yeah, they never really. Does he does he ever have that moment where he's like, "What do you know? Why do they want to kill yeah. you?" Like, does he ever have that? Talk why doesn't her? Why doesn't Peter Delaplane kill her when he's shooting her up with heroin? Right. <laughs> I mean, it makes it makes no sense. Like, but it, it's it's something to get them to move because they have to leave that place and go to another hiding spot, right. and that's where they they go to meet Robert Davi's character once again at that little hotel of his friends. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So I, I'm glad I'm not the only one who just, this doesn't make sense. Cause I, maybe there's something on the editing room floor that they just cut out, but who knows? Yeah. It, yeah. It's almost like it was like shot out of sequence. And like this, that scene was probably supposed to come later on in the movie, right? but they just put it in for whatever reason. So, right. yeah. So they go to the hotel. They, they, they meet Robert Davi. He gets introduced to Sydney and, you know, she's she's hung up in a room and that's where she starts like, oh, I need a fix, right? So she she plays like the rest of this film, like just like being a total junkie and just trying to seek out some more heroin. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, and this is where he has one last conversation. Action Jackson has one last conversation with Robert Davi. Uh, him and Sydney, I think, leave or he just leaves without Sydney, right? He does. No, uh, like he and Sydney leave together and then like uh, oh, they go to meet. The, Papa uh, Doc. They go to meet the. Yes, yeah, they, they go to meet on the dock. Like there's someone they're supposed to meet. Like it's supposed to be someone on the inside of of Del Plains, like UAW group who can who can help them out. But it turns out it's a double cross, and then you know they're they're all just captured. Like Sydney and Action Jackson are taken hostage. Well, Sydney's not. Sydney's, we have Sydney has to hang out in the bar, and they take Action Jackson to the back of the bar because they're like, "Oh, why are you asking about Papa Doc?" And they take they don't go to the warehouse. No, no, not yet. Because they, they they take him to a little room where there's a closet. And he opens it up and he's like, he's like, look in the jar. And it turns out that Papa Doc's oh, balls right. are in the jar. <laughs> yeah, they, they cut off that guy's balls. And, then, and what did he do exactly? So Papa, Papa Doc, uh, from what I get from the film, is he was just a, a guy that had a lot of information. Uh, so he would supply that information to cops or whoever needed you know, specific information. Like I said, this movie is replete with people who just happen to know a lot of information. It's crazy. We'll, we'll get there in just a second. But... Yeah, so they this is where this is another like favorite scene of mine because we get another character actor I've seen. I don't know the guy's name, but he's like, but he's been in like Seagal I films. On, I think he was on Renegade. Yes, with, uh, Lorenzo yes, Lamas. that's that's what I was just gonna say. Um, so he's he's good for that, and but he's always like another side goon that always just shows up. But yeah, yeah, he's the one who holds the balls up. Yeah, right? he's yeah, and he's the one who explains about Papa Doc that he I guess he he's right. the phrase like yeah he was a. He was like a regular library of Congress, but like many libraries, his books were open to one too many people, so they had to kill right. him. Oh, uh, Branscombe Richmond. Yes, that's him. Is the guy. Yeah. And also, Miguel Nunez, uh, too, was one of the goons in this scene, too, right? Which which one is he? Uh, was he the little you, guy? You've seen him in a... Yeah, you've seen it in a bunch of movies. Uh, he, he was in Friday the 13th Park. Yes, uh, the punk rocker. Five, I think. Yes. Then, yeah, yeah. He, he played uh, DJ in the Street Fighter movie. Oh with yeah, Dan. and like, yeah, yeah, Night of the Living or Return of the Living Dead. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's. that's I knew. I knew where I'd, I. I. I just couldn't place him. But yeah, yeah. So so where where they go after the Papa Doc scene? Like where they end up after? So yeah. Bar? So he ends up fighting his way out of there. Uh, Action Jackson does, and then they go back to the hotel, uh, mm. and this is where we we get to meet the uh, the owner of the hotel again, and he's like, hey. 
you know, I tried to go down and talk to Papa Doc, and the guy's like, well, I could have saved you some time. He's dead, right? But this is where he sends Action Jackson off to meet another person with information, and he, and then Sydney right. goes upstairs to, like, fall asleep, right? Because she's, like, mm-hmm. she's just strung out. She needs to get some rest. So Carl Weathers, Action Jackson, goes off to this, <laughs> this barbershop and meets with the most knowledgeable hairdresser I've ever seen in television or movies. Yeah. Like she knows everything that's going on in the auto workers union. Like Mm -hmm. as if she was like working with them at all times, but she's clearly not. It's just like, it's so strange why she has all this information and, you know, she tells them about the ninjas and, you know, all the characters who are involved with the union. It's just, it's so ridiculous how this lady knows stuff. But D, the D, the yes. hairdresser. Like she's she's yeah. she's a very entertaining presence on screen, but the character makes no sense, man. Like right. that should have been what Robert Dobby's role should have been is I'm the guy on the inside, I have all this information, and that's why I'm hiding out. But he doesn't get set up that way. Like they wanna they wanna bring that black exploitation in, which I get because that's what the, the goal of the movie was, and that's what they're bringing that in. Is you know, here she is, she's she's working in the inner city of of Detroit. And, you know, she just happens to be plugged in and knows everything. So I go with that, but it it makes no sense, though. Well, you say with uh, Kid Sable, uh, Chino Williams. Yes, Chino Williams. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, he just happens to know, like, everybody in the, in the, in the hood is, like, connected, you know? In the greater downtown Detroit area, everybody knows Like, they know all, all the politics, everything that's going on in town. Yep. So, but, you know, because this is a kind of a black exploitation film, I, I go with it. And also because I'm having a really good time with this movie. Yeah. And it's at this point, too, like, this is when, is this when the, it's the double cross and they, they capture Axe and Jackson, right? Yeah, Del because Robert Dobby is killed off. And mm-hmm. so they have, uh, yeah, the lady sends him basically to uh, where another union worker, like, apparently just hangs out at a bar and drinks. So he sends uh Sydney in to get him to meet under the guise of saying, Hey, right. you're going to meet Delaplane. He wants to meet right now about whatever is going to happen. We know that there's something big going down. <laughs> he wants to talk to you about the thing. Yeah. Just get on out here and talk. And about he's the like, thing. more than willing. Okay. Hey, let's drive. So they drive out to like an old warehouse. It looks like something where like Robocop was shot, you know, like the old steel mill. Yeah, it does. It sure does. Yeah. And that's where we have the, the big double cross there's because the ninjas, Basically, jump Action Jackson, and they kidnap Sydney and yep. Craig T. Nelson. In typical, like all super Bond villains, decides this is the point where I'm going to tell you, the hero, every bit, every piece of my plan. So the the whole yeah. thing, like from top like, to bottom, he tells every fucking yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it is so. I mean, like if. Like, I could have swore, like, this was, like, Dr. No or something, you know. I'm going to tell you everything. Just in case you were able to get away, you can thwart my plan because you know right. the ins and outs of everything I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But once again, this is another scene where Craig T. Nelson just earns it, though. Because he's just, he just is such a marvelous dick. 
<laughs> he's like, yeah. Like he makes just snide comments, like, you know, like totally racist comments, like, you know, hey, this guy's going to be pretending to be you to kill one of our, our party guests. And he's like, oh, yep. nobody's going to know the difference because, you know, to to my to my friends, you all look alike. You know, he's he's just plays so skeezy and nasty and terrible. Yeah, you know, and they've also established too, like in an earlier scene we we glanced over, uh, while wearing a, a a polo golf shirt, he does karate practice in his living room. Oh like my god! A, a sensei, he flew in from somewhere else. Yeah, and uh, he he basically cobracas the guy and showing no mercy. Like he fucking he kicks this guy's ass, even though the guy's supposed to be teaching him how to fight. Dude, so I already already coming into it, like you're supposed to understand, like you know, Delaplane, he's a bit more dangerous than you know than just a suit. Yeah, this this is the part of the movie where I can't buy it. It. Like, because I I know like Craig T. Nelson is a crazy yeah. Because Craig T. Nelson is obviously probably in his fifties, like when he's making this movie, or at least early fifties, maybe late forties if we're lucky. And yeah, because and clearly like there's no shots of him from the front when any of the the moves are being made. It's like all from the back, so it's it's clearly a stunt double. It's quickly edited, which is interesting because you know he actually does karate. Does he really? <laughs> He does. Oh, wow. I had no idea. I but know. I was fucking shocked to see that, too. Man. But the guy he beats up is like a real, like, martial artist, man. Like, so, like, it's very hard to believe, like, this guy, uh, James Liu, that's his name. Like, yeah. there's no way that, like, y- you believe that, like, Craig T. Nelson is going to yeah, beat the hell out of this guy. You know, and let, and let alone, yeah, like he does, the whole... You know, like you said, the show no mercy is like, oh yeah, we're gonna shake hands. He's gonna turn around. He's gonna get like, a sucker kick him in the face, and then right. like bust his arm, and then he's like, get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So that's how they establish that uh, that Del Plane is is not is not one to be trifled. Yeah. With. So then, as after he extols this whole plan, uh, actually Jackson says to him like, you know, Del Plane, one of these days you're really gonna piss me off. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Del Plane just on that like he basically just leaves. And then one of the and then Huey Lewis drops a, a very racist line on fucking Action Jackson. He's like, we're gonna have ourselves a little barbecue, and it's like, oh, you're <laughs> shit I yep. think you're doing. And then uh, it's at this point. That uh, a team of expendables basically shows up to rescue Action Jackson. We have uh, there's only one guy. Well, it's a uh, it's her bodyguard. Yeah, right? it's, uh, it's Sydney's bodyguard. Sydney's who bodyguard was set up a, earlier in the movie. Like he just has a na- uh, a word or two to say to, to Delaplane and stuff like that. But he's not really set up. But it it turns out like you see him every once in a while throughout the movie. Like he's following Sydney around. To make sure she's yeah, okay. he's always he's always in the background, just making sure she's she's safe. Like where he is during the car chases, I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah, he's probably close. He's Ed the bodyguard, I think, is his name. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he shows up and basically with <laughs> just his intro too is like, "Hello, I'm Mr. Ed," and yeah. drops down, spray paints a guy in the face, knocks another one out. Uh, he shows up and just starts kicking ass. Yeah, and then one of, one of the other goons, like the karate guy, they're like, yeah, go get some gasoline because we're going to have that barbecue, right? So that guy, he, mm-hmm. he disappears for a minute. Brings, he's getting some gas back, but by that time, Action Jackson is broken free from his chains. It looked very much like Luke Cage, like blue jeans, like he's all giant, like he's whipping. Ch- it was fucking, dude, it was awesome. Like the, that, that whole big fight scene at the end was so fucking cool to me to see. Yeah, Action Jackson, like like they got him all oiled up in this goddamn scene too. Oh, dude, I, like he's Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah, he's so glistening. I mean, just, so yeah, glistening. very shiny, you know, but yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Like, he was hitting the waist before they shot that scene. Like, everything's popping. Like, he looked amazing. It was pretty but awesome. But I'll tell you what. So then, uh, I, I will say this. Like, I, I, don't, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think that, because we, we started getting, like, he's, he's going to beat all the, the secret knights, right? The, the ninjas here. But The, the Invisible the, Men, yeah. It, it's just Action Jackson and then this uh, and then uh, Ed the Bodyguard against the Invisible Men. And, but the know, karate guy. The karate yeah. guy, like, gets the most punk death in this whole thing. Like, I want to see Action Jackson go one-on-one with this guy. Because this whole time, this guy's been going around and just kicking the shit out of people. With, with his hands and his feet. So I was like, oh, Action Jackson should be able to fight him. Nope. They just, like, he comes running back with that can of gasoline, and they just light him up, and he blows up. So yeah. weak, man. Especially when they follow it up with another death of a guy getting burned up. Yeah, but at least he got something cool to say. Like, it's at this point, too, that uh, the Ed the Bodyguard starts, he really starts going to work on Huey Lewis. <laughs> like, he's kicking his ass, and they end up outside, and... uh Axon Jackson had picked up the flamethrower that Huey Lewis had dropped when he made the barbecue joke. And he goes, how do you like your ribs? And then he just sets the guy on fire. No, 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 no. It, you got it wrong. So you're confusing the karate guy and Huey Lewis. So the karate guy. Was Huey Lewis not the, oh, uh, Huey Lewis was the fire yeah, guy, No, right? yeah. Cur, uh, fire, Huey Lewis is the one with the grenade launcher. So he's like. That, that, that's who Carl Weathers blew up. Yes, right? he's, he's at the very him, end. Like, yeah, like, and that. Like, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that from the trailers of this movie, because that, that, that line was always in there. That scene was in the trailer. Yeah, he's like, barbecue, huh? How do you like your ribs? And then, boom. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my Classic. God. Yeah. Like, it's a, that's a big moment. I don't know if you want to spoil that in the trailer. I mean, it's exciting, but Oh, damn. it, it like, caught me, so, like, it works. For sure. Yeah. Twelve. Like, imagine being, yeah, like, 12 enough. years old and seeing that, and you're just like, oh, I've got to see this movie. <laughs> Yeah, he rocket launches him. Yeah, it like fucking just like with a grenade. Yeah. So let's let's talk about what Delaplane's plan was. We said that he he spilled the beans, right? Well, wait, how did Karate Guy get here? So Karate Guy is killed? the one they they send him off. They say, "Hey guys, go get some gasoline. We're going to have ourselves a little barbecue." That's what Huey Lewis says. And Karate Guy oh, right, yeah. runs off, gets the gas can. This is why I say he gets the worst death in this thing because I want to wow. see Action Jackson go with go at him, but he just comes yeah. back and that's when Action Jackson just takes the flamethrower, shoots it at him. The guy realizes he's holding a gas can and then blows up. Oh. oh. It's it's lame. I was like, I was like that yeah. karate guy has been going around kicking everybody's ass. <laughs> I mean, come on. He kicked he kicked Ed Ross to a door. He kicked the bodyguards off the boat. Man, what a waste. That's a fair point. That's a really fair point. That should have been a big fight. But I guess, you know, you didn't want to I mean, how many people did Riggs throw down with before he finally got to Gary Busey's character? That's true. Like, Leaf- yeah, Leaf- he had, he had so, some yeah. fighting, but he didn't really get to showcase his skills as right. the fighter until. So then, uh, this is when Action Jacks like he goes like the big showdown is at Delaplane's house, right? It's it it's his birthday. Yeah. So so we'll we'll, we'll talk about the plan. Yeah, I, I, it's either his birthday okay. or it's just a big party for the United uh, Auto Workers, whatever they're calling themselves. Oh. No, it's a birthday party for the guy he wants to, for the president, uh, for the union leader he wants to assassinate. That's right. So, yeah, we'll get into the plan here. So, the plan was that, yeah, Delaplane, as we talked about in the plot summary, Delaplane wants to take over the auto union uh, workers. So, he's killing off all these, uh, you know, high ranking officials. But, yeah, the, I guess this guy must be the president, whoever the character is. He was. And his plan is, I'm going to kill him, but. Now that I've got Action Jackson for some reason, I'm going to have to frame Action Jackson for the murder of that. So the same guy who killed Robert Davi is going to dress in the same shirt that Action Jackson was. And that was the guy who was the cab driver, right? The cab driver. Yes, that's why he survived that one. 
Because Got it. Okay. like I, this all goes back to that whole racist crap. He's like, oh, they all look alike, you know. Yeah. So that I, but th- this is why this film doesn't make sense. Like you just have to kind of go with it because if Delaplane's plan was to kill this guy all along. Why did all of a sudden his plan change up at the last minute and say, hey, I'm going to frame Action Jackson for this now, you know, and then know. everything. Because because the way he explains it to him is like, oh, you know, my goon will do the shooting. He will race off in a car and we will torch that car because your torched body is already going to be in that thing. They're going right. to match the dental records and the case will be neatly closed, blah, blah, blah. And it makes no sense. Like, it's very elaborate to go through all that stuff instead of just having somebody shoot the guy that he doesn't want alive. Cause nobody, nobody yeah. knows these secret ninjas anyway. <laughs> so, right. Like, I don't understand, but you, I guess that's what, I guess that was the only way to make sure there were no loose ends and like no further investigations or something. I guess. Yeah. Cause, cause like to do it as convoluted as possible. Because every other police force, you know, around us is completely inept, you know, except for our hero. Right. <laughs> It makes it it makes no sense, but like I said, you just go with it because it is the movie. Yeah. So then uh, Action Jackson shows up to Delaplane's house during the birthday party and just starts uh, like fighting, basically. Like like that's when he goes through the rest of the Invisible Men. Yeah, and I, I don't want to gloss over this point, but uh, Albert shows up again in this as the in the oh, final yeah. climax it, like like it's so does kids say yeah action jackson like recruits him though like i i think they set it up in the film a little bit because they say that the the person who was parking the cars was was not out front and that the guests were having to park their own cars so they're complaining complaining to peter delplane so i assume that mm-hmm. albert was there to park cars but for some reason action jackson shows up there brings him in and says hey i don't even know what his role was in this thing what what did albert do for the in this final climax do you remember I don't even remember. I don't even remember at all. <laughs> I've got no Like the clue. only thing I remember at the end of this was uh, Kid Sable or God, was there another? Oh, it was the uh, the Ed the bodyguard like saves him from being stabbed and says, "Yeah, hey, I hope this teaches you that crime doesn't pay." <laughs> so I don't know. Is yeah, it some it, lesson it, for it the kids? It was a weird way to, to just shoehorn in the message. Yeah, I don't know. It <laughs> it makes no sense. And then <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah, and then the boxer, yeah, he he gets some fancy footwork in and takes out another one of the ninja guys. Yep. Well, another super martial artist too. You know? Yeah, just gets his ass kicked. And then yes, by an old boxer. And then we get but, uh, this ultimate so, scene of the yeah. car. Please tell this one because I I can't help but laugh. Like you mean the between uh, Axon Jackson and Delaplane? Yeah, like how he gets into the house. He gets into one of the cars. And drives. Oh, I don't remember. You don't remember him driving the car up the stairs? No. <laughs> yes. So uh, through this whole movie, they've been setting up Delaplane's cars that he sells, and it's like this sports car. Uh-huh. And they, God, I don't even remember what the name of the car is now. It's totally escaping me. But the, part of the commercial is it's like hot, hotter, hottest, and then it's whatever the name of the car is, and. You know, that's the whole commercial. And they, you, you see it throughout the movie. So, yeah, he's got uh, Peter. Peter Delaplane has uh, Sydney upstairs. He's got a gun to her head. Carl Weathers sees that at the at the ground and says, I got to get upstairs real quick. Jumps uh-huh. into his car that's on display. It's like the, the car is like on one of those displays you, you'd see in the old malls, you know, where they had a, a vehicle yeah, up on yeah, those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was up on one of those. He drives that 
First takes out Bruno on the ground floor with the car. And by the way, the car doesn't get a scratch on it. Uh, backs up and then proceeds to go up Peter Delaplane's stairwells. They, I mean, he's got some wide stairwells to accommodate a car going upstairs. God, I wish I could remember the name of this car. Now. Oh, I'm going I'm to find it. Um, but yeah, he drives up there and each time he goes up a flight of stairs, he's like hot, goes to another gear hotter. And then hottest as he breaks through the bedroom door of Delaplane's room, and is it the Haley or Hallie? It's it's the Hallie, Hallie. yeah. Because I think yeah, because Hallie's comet came around like in '86, so maybe that's what they were going with. Ah, uh, yeah, it's got to be that, right? Jesus. So he drove the car all the way up instead of just walking. Like how? How many flights of stairs were in this joint? It was only like a two or three story house. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. Like how this car got around the corners, turned the, turned into hallways. <laughs> but man, sure as hell made it. Hey, and then that's just the sheer grit and determination of the, the Detroit audio, uh, auto body manufacturers right there. Man. That's right, man. Uh, yeah. But it, Nobody does it like the motor what's city. hilarious, though, is like apparently that car is just like a Pontiac Fiero with just some extra stuff put on the sides of it <laughs> to make it look more like a Ferrari. Yeah, that's it. hilarious. Oh my god! <laughs> but this is where we get our final showdown between our ultimate bad and our hero, Action Jackson. Whew. Yeah. Um, this is where we get. This is where we finally get the big payoff, like to see all of Craig T. Nelson's karate against. Well, Action Jackson we get to see team. a stunt double to a lot of karate. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so, and then, and I don't even know how much of this fighting Action Jackson or Carl Weathers was actually doing himself too. Because, like, yeah. they're they're going at it, and, you know, nobody can get the upper hand, as we always see in our final showdowns. And But for some reason, like, Action Jackson takes one too many punches, and all of a sudden he's like... No, it wasn't even punches. It was... Uh, the, the, the car was involved in this. At, at some point, uh, Craig T. Nelson gets the upper hand, and then he puts Action Jackson through a window of the what? car. Okay. And that... That wakes him up, and he goes, "Now you piss me off." Yeah. And then he just beats the shit out of because you get that classic action feel, like music yeah. score that just comes on there. It's like horns yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Like, it's just so yeah, crazy. For lack of a better term, he hulks up and fucking yeah. It's like that's it, and fucking kicks his ass. And then like it's it's not enough to like have him beat him up. Like they both at yeah. the end of it, they both reach for their guns. Yep. Action Action Jackson takes a shot to his shoulder, and yep. you know, but. <laughs> this this but he kills this Delaplane. yeah this gun that Action Jackson has is like a fucking hand cannon man because it blows it's quite big. It, I mean it's like no it's like a tiny gun but man it blows like the biggest hole through Delaplane like the blood just splatters everywhere man it's so fucking Hollywood crazy man yeah but yeah and then <laughs> I don't even know where to go because this this is where the, it almost just stops at this point like the, the, we basically just. You almost smash cut back to the. Uh... Well, you get some wrap up here at the end of the film, right? So, okay, so he's he's saved but, but, Sydney. But you almost pick up where, where it's outside. Yeah, he saved Sydney. It's like it's just him and Sydney walking in the rubble out in front of the house. No, right? so so he, we get this. So Bill Duke shows up. Uh, That's it. And 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 Biff shows up, and and he's like, right. you know, Bill Duke is telling him, he's like, hey, I want I want to report. Like like nobody's even questioning want, what the hell. First thing at my desk in the morning. Yeah, there's thing, dead yeah. bodies everywhere. Nobody's like asking a single question. <laughs> like, hey, like, or and by the way, we were all hunting you down earlier. We'd like to talk to you about that oh, murder. Oh, 
excellent point. And, yeah, but right. they're all just like, come in there and Bill Duke's like, hey, I want to report, you know, about all this in the morning. Lieutenant, you know, so he gets his, his Lieutenant bars back, which another thing that annoys me in this film is like, they refer to the Lieutenant uh, rank as like these stripes. He's like, you lost your Lieutenant stripes. You're going to get your stripes back. Like, a lieutenant, you get bars. I don't care if you're in the military or police, it's bars. <laughs> you know? Sergeant stripe, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I digress, because this is where it gets even nuttier is, you know, Vanity's character, Sydney, comes up and she's like, oh, you know, you're the greatest. And she's like, he's like, you know, you got room in your life for an ex-junkie. And he's like, ex-junkie? You know, yeah. She's like, yeah, I've, I've been, you know, sober for like a couple of days straight. You I'm know? going... I'm going cold turkey is what she Which says. And then he is ridiculous because number one, if she's a real heroin addict, like the real pain hasn't even set in yet for her withdrawals. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but yeah, you get, you wash that away. And then, yeah, he has that classic, like final one liner is like, he's like, well, can I, you know, she's like, yeah, you know, you can have me anytime you want. And he's like, or no, did she say, do you want, she says Thanksgiving. Yeah. You can have me on Thanksgiving. He yeah. Cause he's like cold turkey. Yeah. He's like, Oh, can I have you right now? And you know, that's where the, I think the pointer sister move, uh, Music kicks in again. They, they giggle and kiss. Yeah, and then yeah. you get that. That's it. That kind of ends right there. Yep. Tight 96 minutes. <sighs> and on only a $7 million budget, too, or $7 or $8 million, like, it made a shitload of money. Most of it in the home video world, which True. I get, though. It's but you got to figure, like, it, it cleared, like, like eight times its budget. Like, that should have meant sequel at some point. Yes. Right? Given how, how much money, like, it fucking So made. that's the ridiculous thing about this is, like, I was looking at those numbers. And I said, how does this movie not get a sequel? Right. And, but I, I guess it was talked about, but it just kind of died. Um, but then, apparently, they, they made another movie, or at least uh, Carl Weathers made another movie called Dangerous Passion. Yeah, I, I saw that referred to. Yeah, but it, like yeah, in Europe, it was released as Action Jackson Part 2. But even though that's not the Not character. the character has nothing to do with it, but yeah, they like they titled it as Action Jackson 2, which is kind of ridiculous, but I guess they need to sell Beautiful. sell tickets somehow, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I so I, yeah, I I think I already know the answer to this is like like you you did. You how how did you enjoy this movie? I mean, did you is this like over the top like like something you no, would go watch over it, again. Top to okay. No, if someone presented this to me for a Blu-ray, I would thank them graciously. Like that's how much I enjoyed this. Movie. Yeah, it was fucking amazing. I am, yeah. I'm Love so it. happy that you had that that experience too, because that that's what that my first experience when I was young. You know, and like I was telling you earlier, like I was worried going back to this is like, is this gonna hold up? Like many of the other films that we've talked about that I I loved as a child, that this one holds up. This is yeah. this is just so much fun. It's ridiculous, with the exception of the terrible writing. Everything else is just classic, man. Because like we were talking about earlier, the the acting in this thing makes up for it. You know, the people are able to overcome the terrible script to make this yeah. thing just a joy to sit through. And being at ninety six minutes, you're not bogged down on any of the story. I mean, yeah, some as we said, no. some of the story doesn't make a lot of sense how they get from point A to point B, but you go with it in this type of film because you know what you're going into. Ah, just 
I, I much like a lot of a lot of other popcorn movies we watch. Just you know, just enjoy it. Yeah, but <laughs> don't bother asking questions and enjoy it because you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of things that are very entertaining. This movie. But what I can say about this and 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 a few others that we may end up talking about down the road is that very few of them actually just hold up. Like some, you just go back and you watch, and you're just like. Yeah, it's it's entertaining, but you you never get like that smile on your face, you know? Like right. I was smiling throughout this movie. I was like, "Oh my god." And rewinding the parts that I loved. I was like, "Oh, yeah, the banter between, you know, Biff and his his partner. Just so much fun. I just had to go back and watch." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I I'd recommend it. if you if you haven't seen this movie, go do yourself a favor, go watch it. Um uh, it was on streaming uh, for a while. I think it's off of HBO Max now, but it, it might be out somewhere else. But this is probably one that you could probably find in that uh, that dollar bin of DVDs, too. It's that kind of movie, but it's well worth anything you spend on it. Yeah, I think it's on, uh, let's see, it's on something called Echo Boom Sports. <laughs> streaming I do not know no, what that no, is. No, sorry, that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. That's one about, uh, about skiing people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can you can rent it for like two three bucks you know Apple iTunes fucking Amazon you know where to get movies. yeah but I don't know I don't think it's streaming streaming anywhere just yeah well if you're gonna do that you might as well just buy the thing because it's it's a it's rewatchable oh yeah for sure this is this is like absolutely this is almost the type of movie where you you just kind of want to play in the background sometimes if you don't want to just sit down and watch it but you'll you'll if you're doing something around the house and you see a scene come up you'll like stop for the ten minutes to watch it and then you might go back to what you're doing. It's it's like how I treat uh, like how you treat Predator now. Yes, sure. yes. Like Predator is another classic one that just you know is like that, and yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that someday we, too. You can fully pay attention to it, but if you you know if you watch it while you're doing dishes, you know, yeah, you've you're, you've you're, seen it so yeah. many times that you know you know the the entire cast, you know the plot, right? You know, you, I mean, you can quote the lines. You know, that's yeah. what this kind of movie is. I really enjoyed this movie, top to bottom. Thoroughly enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, this this definitely ranks high as 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 some of the quote unquote you know terrible movies that we've we've talked about. This definitely ranks above the top. Well, yeah, for sure. With a couple more bad ones coming up, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yes, We're, there's there's no shortage of of crap out there. So yeah, absolutely. So what do you have any suggestions for uh, for where we should go next? Yeah, I I mean I think we need to stick within the action you know, superhero kind of thing. Not, not necessarily superhero, but uh, action star realm. And since, uh-huh. since, you know, this one took place in the late 80s, we should go a little farther along in the 80s, about this same time, I believe it's 1988, Canon's film, or one of, you know, Canon's jewels, Ooh, back to Canon. Bloodsport, starring oh, Jean-Claude man. Van Damme. You've, I mean, you've definitely seen that film, haven't you, at least once? Uh, I could quote that okay. movie to you top to bottom. Okay. I can absolutely quote that entire movie. Yeah, I've for sure. I've seen it a few times, but never I certainly not enough that I could quote this film. I, I Really? Yeah, I, I I've seen like that's one of those films I feel like I've just seen like bits and pieces at time. And I, I know I know oh, I've seen it in yeah. its entirety, but most of the time it's just like Oh, you catch the the end portion of it, or you caught the first, the middle right. part of it. You see the last ten minutes before Raw started ninety seven on USA. Yeah, shit like that. Yes, right? yeah. exactly. Because that that right. movie was infinitely playing on in syndication yeah. someplace. Yeah, fucking what was it on Spike? Right? Yes, the Man's Network. Was on Spike. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I've probably seen Bloodsport. I bet. 20 times oh okay good because I'm I, I'm very happy to like want to talk about this one too because I what I do know about this film is it's yeah it's a canon film so you you know what you're kind of getting into but I I know for a fact this has to be one of canon films better films that they did it is and even the backstory on this one uh, it's it's got a pretty deep history too considering that you know it's supposed to be quote based on a true story but the guy it's based on is completely full of shit <laughs> I, I cannot wait to talk about it then <laughs> That completely full is going to be yeah. a lot of fun. Oh man, they should remake this one with Seagal today. Oh my god, he couldn't do anything. That'd be pretty good. I'd watch that today if they like. We're making bless it with Steven Seagal. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, that's fine. I'd watch it. <laughs> well, we'll definitely have to do some Seagal somewhere too, because I mean, as much as we like to make fun of him on this show, uh, he is he 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 ranks up there as one of the the action stars of the late '80s, early '90s. Oh, stop! <laughs> I'm not watching anything past Under Siege One. No, I'm not going any further. Than that's that. a good call. Look yeah, at that guy's catalog. Yeah, because yeah, most of that shit Jesus. after that. I mean, not that any of his stuff was really good, but anything after that was real shit. Yeah, yeah I think sure. Under Siege was probably his his high high mark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> under siege. Two. Oh god. Like, he made weren't there there were multiple under sieges. Like he made a few. He of those, made at he? least two. I I think oh. and if they made any more, it didn't it, I don't think it started Seagal. But didn't he uh he tried music for a while too, didn't he? Didn't he have a bluegrass band? <laughs> if he did, I would almost want to seek that out Shit, just to... did I make did I make that up in a fever dream? Well, Hang on. he did. He did like a couple movies with Chris Christopherson and places like that. So maybe, in fact, that <laughs> I think he has a scene. That Chris Christopherson movie, he does like insert himself into a band that's playing, and he's playing guitar. So he might. Oh, dude, yeah, no, he he has made music. It's called. Uh, oh, he's got multiple albums. Oh, Jesus, there's uh, Moj- Mojo Priest by Steven Seagal and the Thunderbox. <laughs> Or uh, songs from the Crystal Cave, very ethereal. Oh my God, you couldn't make that up, could you? <laughs> no, I really wish I did, because man, that's horrible. You know what's funny is like normally if we were having this conversation about anybody else, you you would be the first one in line, like getting on the website and ordering a bunch of that. But I can guarantee you're not going to order a single one of those, will you? <laughs> I can tell you right now, uh, his his CD is six dollars on Amazon. I think that's too. Pricey. Yes, I would agree. Six bucks. Six bucks used. You can't even, that even new. That's used. That's somebody who's like but very good. Condition there's somebody out there nothing. who's cleaning out their basement, and they're like, "Oh, right. this has to be worth something, right?" And they probably started at like fifty bucks, and now it's like down to six bucks. <laughs> oh, I wish you could see the history of when it started out. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I would just die laughing. Yeah, six dollars. Oh, I don't need to hear Mojo Priest that bad. Seagal. My God, yeah. Mojo Priest. Oh man, I've got my bathroom code from now on. Anytime I get to do my number twos. Mojo Priest. Mojo Priest. <laughs> oh boy. There's no way I'm not gonna listen to it at like at least ten times tonight because I have to hear what this guy's bringing. Yeah, I, musical styling as well. Yeah, you might regret it though. It's probably gonna be. Oh, for absolutely. I'm gonna use someone else's phone just to show up my algorithm. Like, yeah, I want to get repeats of this shit. <laughs> Go to your neighbor's house. Like, can I borrow your phone? Yeah. Yeah, I need to look something up real quick. Don't worry, you, you'll enjoy the music. Uh, you know, the guy will probably say, "Well, you're not looking at Seagal, are you?" No, 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 no. Right? Yeah. You know, we hate it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 
Uh, well, yeah, we will get to Seagal one day. Um, like I said, where we go through all the other shit, we might as well bring him into. If it's on a streaming service, but I don't have to pay extra. Oh, I'm not gonna pay I'm for. Not I'm not gonna pay. I'm not trying. To, no. I'm not dropping another dime for this. No. Not when I have Donald Give for free. <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> oh boy. I'll gladly take Ogre. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. You cannot be him at all. Fucking Steven Seagal. Oh, Jesus. I know, man. Uh, all right, buddy. This has been a lot of fun. We're going to go watch Bloodsport and a bunch of other shit. We'll be after Brian and Mary. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Mmm, delicious.